another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we get into today's episode, I really wanted to spread the word about one of the coolest games online that I've ever seen. And no, it's not Fortnite. No, it's not RuneScape. It's Pioneer. Pioneer.app is an online game for productivity. The way that it works is you go on, you make an account, you put in a project that you're working on, and you submit project updates every single week. And after you submit a project update, other people playing the game can review your project update and they can upvote it or can they give a vote for someone else. And it's all based on a leaderboard. You can move up the leaderboard and down the leaderboard. It's a game for productivity and it is so cool. I've been playing since the first game back in back in August of last year. And I, I recommend anyone and everyone to play. Now you might be wondering why play is it just about productivity and no, it's also about access. If you rank high enough on the leaderboard for long enough, you become a pioneer. And if you become a pioneer, you get access to an elite group of alumni and experts, ranging from Patrick Collison, who's the CEO of Stripe, to Mark Andreessen, who is one of the investors of Pioneer. And he's also one of the co-founders of Andreessen Horowitz. So it's about getting access to the holy grail of talent that you might need to push your idea or your company or your research forward. They are not an official sponsor of this podcast, but I asked Daniel if I could spread the word because I'm so, you know, into what they're doing. And he said, of course. So if what you're what you're listening to right now, if this sounds interesting to you, I implore you to go to pioneer.app slash join slash Matt Sherman. That's M-A-T-S-H-E-R-M-A-N. And you can join the tournament. And what happens when you join is one, you're in there and you can start competing. And two, if you join under that link, it's so I know that people are actually listening and signing up. And three, and let's be honest here, if you sign up with my link, I grow in the leaderboard when you get points. Uh, so, but luckily when you become a kind of a user of the product, you will have a referral link and you can share and spread it. So, those are the reasons why you should get on Pioneer. You want to be more productive. You want access to Silicon Valley. You want to just try something really freaking cool by a really talented founder in Daniel Gross. By the way, Daniel Gross used to be a, a partner at Y Combinator, used to be a director of AI at Apple. And now you have a chance to be a really early user of, of his product, Pioneer. So if all of that sounds interesting to you, then I... Really hope you head over to pioneer.app slash join slash Matt Sherman and start playing the game. I will see you over there. Let's go. All right. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we interview innovative founders about the companies that they're building, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to Rajiv Iyengar, who is the CEO and co-founder of, of Tandem. Rajiv, how's your day going today? It's going well. It's going well. Good to be here. Yeah, I'm very happy to have you on as a recent user to, Dan, to Tandem. I am super impressed with what you've built, and I'm, I'm very excited to learn more about it. So for the listeners who uh, may not know what Tandem is, can you kind of describe what you're working on? Sure. Uh, Tandem is a virtual office for remote teams. So it's like a desktop app where you can see who's online and you can see what they're working on. 
and you can talk and screen share in one click. Um, the inspiration originally came from, uh, you know, we were working on a different project and both of my co-founders had their first kids and started working from home. And so we became kind of a hybrid team. We started becoming more and more remote. Um, and so we, we tried every tool out there, but we just couldn't get the same feeling of being in a room together in person. Um, so we built a, a kind of a early walkie-talkie prototype that after a few iterations became Tandem. And the goal is really to give remote teams the flow of in-person collaboration. It definitely is good timing. I'd love to get some of your insight into what is happening in tech and in just companies over the last decade um, that kind of allows for Tandem to even have a market. Like, is remote work on, on the rise? And if so, like, I'd love to hear some, some insight into that. Yeah, I mean, remote work is definitely on the rise. It's been on the rise for a while, but uh, I think that um, with the, the fight for talent these days, um, it's becoming increasingly difficult for companies to hire in the, in the centers. And also, and, and this is not just in terms of the cost of paying like Bay Area salaries or New York salaries, it's just finding the right people. Like the, the people who are the most qualified for the job and know the things that companies need are now all over the world. Um, and so companies are, are searching far and wide to find those people. And as remote work, you know, so, so the market is pushing companies to go remote, but at the same time, like uh, the tools have not kept up with that. Um, there's still a big gap between what it looks like to work remotely and what it looks like to work in person. Uh, and the predominant way companies have solved this in the past is by going asynchronous. So you have companies like GitLab and Zapier uh, and you know, other, other companies who are thought leaders in remote work, they've created some very much needed processes and internal practices to make work more, shall we say, gracefully asynchronous. Um, that's, part of the pro that's part of the solution. But the other half of the solution still isn't there, which is that there are just many cases for which you can't go asynchronous. You need collaboration. You need to think together in real time. Um, and that, that's kind of the opportunity that we see. That's the problem that we see. That's the problem that we felt when we were working remotely and in the past when we've managed remote teams. Um, so we're really focused around closing that gap. I'd love to dive a little deeper nitty gritty into the product and kind of walk through what it's like for an average user to, to use Tandem. So let's say we're on the same team, you know, and, uh, and uh, we, want to, we want to talk about, we want to jam. What how would we use Tandem to, to jam on a topic? What are the different features that we can utilize to make it feel like we're, we're almost in the same room? Yeah, so let's say we're on the same team. You know, in the morning, what typically happens is you, uh, you open your laptop, I log on to Tandem, I see who's around, um, and what I see is, you know, I see Matt's online, maybe uh, my, my co-founder Tim's online as well. Um, and I see that Tim's kind of flickering between VS Code and Terminal. So I have an instant sense that he's there, he's online, and he's coding. So maybe I shouldn't bother Tim. You know, he's, he's working on a feature. And then Matt, maybe I see you, you're on a, you're on a Google Doc or a, a Notion page. Um, 
and I get a sense that, oh, you're, you're brainstorming or reviewing something. And so maybe, um, maybe I'd check in. So in that case, I would click on you and we'd just be connected instantly. Um, I'd say, hey, how's it going? Uh, just checking in, like, are you brainstorming on anything? And you might say, yeah, I'm actually looking at this spec. Um, let's, let's think about this together. And so then at that point, and I apologize for I'm taking you all the way through the collaboration flow here. Oh, this is great. But then at the, at that <laughs> point, I would just click on your, uh, you can, I can hover on your name and in one click, I've joined you in your, in your document. And now we're looking at the same document together and we can think about it together and, and push each other's thinking. And so I've gone from just opening my laptop to thinking together with you and, and being in this collaborative flow in a few clicks. It, it almost sounds like you are recreating the an office experience, but for remote workers. Is that, I mean, is that the case? And, um, and yeah, actually I would like to dive into that. Like, like you have this culture around in-person work and you got remote work, which, which is being developed. What is that the interaction that ideally you would want to, that remote, remote teams to have and how do you emulate in-person teams on tandem? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that kind of is a question that strikes at the heart, heart of how we, of our design process, like how we come up with tandem. So, um, we like to say it's a transcription, not a translation of real life. So we, we look at what happens when you're in an office and how people decide whether to talk with each other or how long to talk or what to look at while they're talking with each other. And what we find is like there are all of these nonverbal cues, little handshakes, uh, these affordances that we have in real life. I look at you and I see, maybe I look to my right and I see you uh, sitting at the same table and you have headphones on. I know you're in focus mode and maybe I should slack you instead of tapping you on the shoulder. Or maybe I look at you and like kind of wave and you hold up a hand, a hand that's like, give me two minutes, right? Or maybe I go over to the whiteboard and point at something and I draw your attention to something that, I've, that I'm working on, some, some piece of information. And all of these interactions are very natural when you're in an office but um, they don't have equivalents when you're online. And so what we're trying to do is, is translate or, or transcribe a lot of these things to virtual space, but it's not, it's not like a skeuomorphic trans, translation. It's not like um, we're, we're talking about virtual reality and we're just gonna recreate all of these things one-to-one. Um, -one. Instead, we're thinking about what's the best way they can live given the current tools. So for example, um, if I tap you on the shoulder and swivel my laptop to show you something on the screen, the equivalent of that is in tandem, I can talk with you in one click and share my screen with you in one click. Or if you say like, hey, can I see what's going on? In tandem, you can request screen share from me. So there's a symmetry of like push and pull. And so uh, thinking about the whiteboard case, let's say I want to brainstorm with you on the whiteboard. I may point at a whiteboard. In tandem, um, we can, you can actually send a link instantly. So we, we have a keyboard shortcut or a quick button where you can send a link to whatever you're on currently, like the Google document that you're on. Correspondingly, if I see that you're on a document and I wanna join you, I can click to go to that document. So, so we're building these, these pushes and pulls. Something I'd love to dive into 
is there's this realm of, you know, you have the future of work and you have like the present of work, the current version of work, and you have what needs to happen in order to get there to like actually have a good future of work. And I, I think a lot about, you know, freelancing and what has to happen in order to enable, you know, millions and potentially billions of people to freelance. H- how do you think about tandem pushing the, the envelope and the industry forward to allow more people to, to go remote? Or do you just spend most of your time thinking about the product and, and, and delighting a few users now and, and the rest will take care of itself? I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? It's a, little, it's a little bit of both. So in terms of how we improve the product in the short term, um, we are, are listening extremely closely to a core group of users who are giving us a ton of feedback, which is amazing. You know, it's, it's just, it's so gratifying to see that loop and to see other people getting value from the product and to see people pushing it in, in new ways and using the product in new ways. Um, the, the best example of that is probably how people have been using rooms. Uh, and creating different rooms for different purposes, which I, which I can get into a bit later. But the second half of your question, we're looking into the future at like, what, what does work look like when most people are remote? And if we succeed um, in, in closing the gap between remote work and co-located work, so maybe people are more ambivalent about what they do, what kind of new behaviors could we see? And there are a couple of things that are very interesting there uh, to us, like and to me personally. One is the ability for people to to form close relationships, both in terms of collaboration and just personal relationships, remote. And we we're already seeing that in the in consumer land and in the gaming world with how people are becoming friends on Discord when with people that mostly they just talk with, but then they also they're also playing these extremely interactive collaborative games. These, these rich multiplayer experiences. And so they're becoming friends with people around the world with voice and multiplayer experiences. For us, there's a very straight analogy, right? We launch multiplayer experiences that happen to be work apps. Hmm. Figma, you know, Envision, Google Docs, Notion, all of the things that we integrate with and help you get into with another uh, colleague, these are all multiplayer experiences. And so it would be, I, I think it would, we would be victorious if we can enable people to become close work colleagues and even friends, um, no matter where they are in the world. And um, I think the other more high level point is that, you know, the, we, we see the world going towards remote work and that, that can't be stopped. So then the question is what kind of future do we want that to be? And we think that people will always want to talk with each other and we don't want it to be lonely. We want it to be collaborative. We want it to be rich and dynamic and have people learn from each other directly in real time. I'd love to go a little higher level beyond tandem and beyond initial kind of remote work. I'd love to hear about just some of the world problems or trends or movements that you spend some time thinking about. It could be within future of work. It could be about companies that interest you. It could be about fintech or, or whatever. But you know, I you know you're you're in the you're in the the startup world, so you, you must see a lot. I'm mean, interested, like what what movements interest you in the world, or, or what industries interest you outside of specifically just remote work. We we are always looking towards you know beyond beyond remote work um, to how people collaborate in general. Um, so I think productivity 
broadly speaking and collaboration broadly speaking are, are pretty interesting and are being changed pretty rapidly right now i think the I think a, a lot has been written recently on the consumerization of enterprise, um, which it, it's a trend. And to recap, that is that's the trend of people with consumer backgrounds. All of us at, at Tandem would be included in that, who are moving in in later stages in their career, taking the same sort of consumer application approach and consumer development approach to creating apps that are. Uh, hopefully way more delightful than the previous version of enterprise apps. Um, and it, it wasn't something we thought about consciously. We just sort of ended up here, um, you know, our, our, but uh, I think it, it makes a lot of sense. And having been, having used some of these products um, that have this, this delight to them, like superhuman is a shining example of that, you know, where, where you're taking principles from consumer design, from game design and applying them to a productivity app. Um, I, I think we spend so much of our time working that if we can make that more enjoyable and uh, more effective and feel more dynamic and we can learn from our work more, that's amazing. So I, I'm just really excited by the entire wave of better productivity and better collaboration apps. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Something, and something I want to mention is there, there does also seem to be a wave of of apps that can be used for for multiple it's ultimately it's an app that's built and you can use it how you want for example i see like an air table or a notion in, in in the category of like some people call notion productivity tool i call it like a web design tool like Airtable can be you know it can be a database it can be a spreadsheet it can be a way to keep you know it's just like these these very flexible and fun tools that are being developed i mean i would 100 percent loop tandem into that 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 make work almost fun and if work is fun and work can one day be remote for almost all of us like what a what a what a fun what a fun future of work to be a part of you know <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i think there's another trend in here which is kind of interesting which is the rise of the super user and i think it isn't it isn't anything that new like anybody who spent enough time working in excel has become a super user right there's there are things there, there, you know, there's a long tail of use cases that people need um, to solve. And if the tool allows it, people who are very motivated will teach themselves how to do that. But I think we're seeing uh, a generation of people who have used complex products, who use complex products on their phones, um, have played complex multiplayer games. And so they are able to learn more about how to use a product much quicker than the previous generation. Uh, and so there still has to be a quick, a short time to, to realizing the value, but you can, you can build complexity into your product and, and deliver much more value that way than maybe in the previous generation of products. So that, that's another exciting thing, especially if you like building product. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That kind of reminds me of what's going on kind of with, with, with so Ryan Hoover most recently is working on this thing that I don't exactly even know 100% what it is but it's called your stacks and it's mm -hmm. and you might you, you you probably know more about it than I do but it's pretty much like what's your what's your stack like what's your personal stack of tools and I it has hundreds and maybe thousands of people that are on the wait list for that and just like what a world will you have individuals who who 
kind of have their own personal stack. Like a website doesn't have a stack anymore. We have personal stacks. And like, I don't know, I, I think that goes along with what you just said and that work is changing and tools are changing. It should be, um, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting to watch it happen and be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, there is a, especially, I mean, I think Ryan Hoover's on the, the forefront of that with Product Hunt and, and all the other projects, including your sex, which actually I don't know too much about. It's pretty secretive. I'm, I'm very curious. Um, (laughs) but I I think there is starting to be a little bit of a blurred line between, um, just like entertainment and productivity because people are, some of these apps have, uh, especially apps that have, um, a really strong opinion or come at, come at things with a very unique angle. Like one that, that was kind of interesting, um, on the consumer side was TTYL, um, the sort of voice-based social network built on AirPods. Yep. Um, and it's just such an opinionated app. These, these things are very interesting to test and, and try out with your friends and see, um, see how it changes human interactions. Uh, so I think it's just a very exciting explosion of creativity that's happening. So I, uh, I would love to learn a little bit more about on this journey that you're on, you know, you, you have Tandem, it, it's, it's an iteration of, of previous companies that you've had, and you finally found something that's like hitting, it, it's working, you know, you, you raise some money, you have some users, the product is great, like you actually have something that, 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 that's, on, that's on its way. And I would love to, to know, how do you think about mentorship or getting help or, or kind of covering your covering blind spots you may not you may not know you have as you're on this path to potentially like a, like a really giant company one day um how are you thinking about getting help in the areas you might not be so good in and just getting mentorship to make sure you are well-rounded and covered as you grow to a hopefully you know billion dollar company one day oh yeah that's a very that's very top of mind right now i mean i think we what one of the things that defines us as a team is we learn from each other and we learn from our mentors um actually like for example bernat bernat and i bernat's my co-founder one of my co-founders who's a designer uh we were both uh on the early team at aviate which was an android home screen that got acquired by yahoo and the three founders mark paul and will are all angel investors in our um in tandem and they're, they're mentors to this day. Um, and I think, you know, we learn from mentors, but we also learn from each other, which is why we have such a strong opinion on remote work still needing to be social and dynamic and, and, and talking with each other. Um, so I think where we are now, I mean, we're, we're actively putting the team together. Um, you know, the, we were extremely fortunate with, um, the, the, the traction we were able to get in Y Combinator and we were able to raise around and, and more importantly, like put, get some amazing people, get connected with some amazing people who have built parts of this before. Um, whether it is uh, they've built similar technologies or they've brought similar products to market or they've just built companies, like many, multiple companies. So they, they, they know what's around the corner for us, uh, either operationally or in the go-to market or in the technology. Um, so I, I, I think I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how to distill down how we're thinking about it, but 
I think we, we, we think about mentors in, in each different area, not in terms, in, in terms of maybe two dimensions. One is who knows the things that we need to know? Like who, who knows things that we don't know? For example, like what does the enterprise sales motion look like? Maybe that's a bit in our future, but we want people with, with those, that type of knowledge. And the second thing is who do we work with well personally? Like they have, they fit uh, with our gaps, like they, they complement our gaps um, and also have a, to some extent, a similar view of the world. Um, I feel like that, that second point you just mentioned is kind of aligned with this realm that I read a little bit about of called like kind of personal board of advisors, like aside from, aside from your company, aside from whatever you're actually doing for your profession, the, the like you Inc, you know, you know, you as an individual will, will always go from, it could be one company for, for 20 years. It could be several companies, but it's always, you're always going to exist. And what I've read is that if you, if you get people who are on your team and can be mentors and advisors to you, regardless of what you're doing at the time, that also is a, kind of a good way to stay level and stay and, and make the best decisions for your career, you know, for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So that, that's something I've been thinking a lot about is, uh, you know, personal, like a personal board of advisors. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's yeah, just 100%, 100% agree. And the advisors come from unlikely places as well. Like one of, one of the people who I respect probably the most in terms of product thinking is, you know, a friend from college who's not an investor or an advisor. I've never worked with him in any formal capacity. He's a, he's a rock climbing friend, actually. Hmm. Um, I think you're the, yeah, I, I would really, really agree with the value of a personal board of advisors. Yeah, it's um, it's just as I as I you know continue to go down my my path as a founder, um, it's just this thing, this things that you don't know when you first get started, and then you realize at some point, like oh my gosh, I don't know almost everything. I need I need I need help. And once you kind of get to the point mm -hmm. where you realize that you need some help, is when you can start growing as a person. And that's that's the things that I learned recently. But yeah, I appreciate your your kind of your mindset and how you think through mentorship. I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah. Um, you, like, you mentioned that you went through Y Combinator, um, you got some, some good traction and, and you, you were able to raise, raise a solid round of funding. I'm kind of curious to learn what was, the, what was the biggest thing that you learned either about your customers or about the product or about yourself going through Y Combinator um, and, and now that you're on the other side, you know, with the funding, you kind of done what you're supposed to do in that point of the company. Um, yeah. What, what surprised you or what uh, the most, or what, what'd you learn most about kind of that process? Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a high level answer and then there's a very tactical answer. Uh, so the, the, the more, the tactical thing, I think the biggest thing that changed there were two things that changed about our product through Y Combinator through, I mean, we were doing constant iteration in terms of talking with users, you know, and changing the product and, and getting their feedback. The two things that changed were how we described it. Um, and we're still, you know, working on the best way to describe it. But I think the, the virtual office for remote teams and being able to talk and screen share in one click captured the core value of Tandem um, more clearly than we had before. Um, and so that, that's one thing that changed. The other thing that changed was, um, when we started Y Combinator, we kind of had two apps. We had the Tandem desktop app and we had a Chrome extension 
that did a couple things. It let you send the link of the web page you're at in one click. And on certain documents like uh, Notion and Google Docs, it layered your cursor on top of that. And that's still there and it's, it's uh, some teams use it, but we de-emphasize that a lot because we realized from the first, um, you know, from the first 20 or 30 teams who used it, that it wasn't really core to the value and it presented a lot of complexity upfront for people downloading the app. Um, so that, that, that had a huge impact on just how quickly new teams called each other. Like there, there's just way less friction in the onboarding. Um, so th those are the uh, mechanical things I think that changed with our business. In terms of a more high level thing that changed is we learned, we learned, a, I mean, we learned a lot during Y Combinator. I mean, I can't recommend it highly enough. Uh, part of what we learned was from the partners and the other part of what we learned was from talking with other founders at a similar stage. And if I were to distill what we learned, it was, we, we got a much clearer idea of what speed looks like in, in a startup. Uh, and speed isn't writing code faster. Um, you know, it isn't, uh, uh, it isn't necessarily having more sales calls. It isn't necessarily any one thing. Speed is about the rate at which you learn towards product market fit and how quickly you de-risk the biggest risks in the company. Um, and I think we got a really clear picture of that across many different verticals and it pushed us out of our comfort zone in, 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 in many cases. Largely, it caused us to launch faster and, you know, launch features when we're still a little bit uncomfortable with them and then make them better on the fly. Um, yeah. I feel like there's nothing, nothing better to teach you about speed than being in a, a <laughs> cohort with another 150, you know, companies also trying to go as fast as they can. <laughs> must, be, yeah. must be such a cool experience. Um, well, sweet. I, I have a couple more questions for you and then, and then yeah. we'll just about wrap it up. So I would love to hear, you know, let's say a century from now, like, like I'm talking about a whole nother, a whole nother world, um, you know, you know, in a hundred years, I would love to hear uh, from you. What does tandem look like? Uh, you know, if you had to dream uh, of like the, the biggest vision that could possibly happen and, and also specifically, what does the future of work look like? Like what, what, what changed from, hundred years ago, you know, from now, and just kind of like ponder for, for a second. I'd love to hear your vision for the future of work and what it will look like, you know, in a century. It's very, uh, it's very difficult to predict what collaboration will look like functionally. But I think fundamentally, it's about people thinking together about a problem. Um, so whether it's in VR, whether there's some sort of collaborative Neuralink that emerges and we're, we're, we're thinking together more directly, uh, whether we're thinking in combination with, you know, generalized AI, um, it, it, there's so many possibilities for collaboration. I think that uh, where Tandem comes in is removing all the friction and, and connecting people to other people and to tools and to multiplayer experiences. And um, it's like the, the uh to borrow a term the meta layer for real-time collaboration uh, but i think it will look very different even in the next five to ten years much less the, the next 100 years 
yeah, I I'm very interested to see what what is going to going to happen, you know, in the next decade and yeah. beyond, and looking forward to seeing what happens with Tandem, kind of pushing uh, pushing the the envelope on remote work. And I have a, and another thought, which is that a lot of what we're doing, a lot of what we're doing in terms of collaboration is learning. So with with the advent of remote collaboration, all of a sudden, we have tools that are in the flow of two people talking with each other and two people working on something together. Whereas when you're in the same room, there is, there's no tool in the flow that helps mediate that and improve that. And so a lot of what we're able to do with remote work is examine what remote work, what work is, what collaboration is. There was a recent short story by Ted, by Ted Chang. Um, I can't remember the, the title of the story, but uh, a, a bionic man looks at his own brain. He dissects his own brain through, um, you know, through a complex microscope that he creates. And so he gets to see his own mind working and answers some really deep questions. And that's sort of happening uh, with remote work. We're seeing how work actually operates. And so the things that we learn now and the things that I'm excited to learn through Tandem about how people interact, they, they'll be relevant whether work moves to VR, whether work moves to Neuralink, whether it moves to something that we haven't even imagined yet whether work is mediating between multiple AIs, right? Like all of these things, uh, I, I think the knowledge that we gain now will inform that, even if the vehicle vastly changes. Uh, so I, I have a last question for you before we wrap it up. You know, you are doing, you're doing the startup thing. You know, you built a product, you have users, you're growing and, and you've learned a lot along the way as you just, uh, as you just described. What I would love to know is what advice you would have for someone who is you know sitting at home listening to this podcast or driving in the car that has an idea for a company wants to get started wants to push their vision into the world but doesn't necessarily know you know the first step what advice would you tell that person to just get started first of all do it i i mean i think that you learn so much by trying by trying things um that it's it's just worth giving it a shot and 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 trying to make it happen. I mean, I think that depending on the idea, there are a number of good places to start, right? Like usually talking to customers or talking to potentially users just makes it so much more real. Trying to sell it even before you have made it can be a way of like validating the that this is something people want. Um, I, I I think I I don't know if I'm going to be able to say anything that's unique from the, the best literature out there. Um, so, but I, I would say just do it. It's a, I will, I will say that that is, the, most people is an iteration of just get started. And the reason I asked that question is because sometimes someone needs to just hear it enough and hear advice to get started enough that like one time, maybe it could be this episode. They're like, no, screw it. Like I'm doing it. And I just think it's, it's the best advice is just like, give it a shot and see what happens. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon before thinking founders, you know, I, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for doing this. I mean, it's just, it's really cool to think with you a bit about a hundred years into the future. It's not something that uh, I do every day. So this is, this is really great. Yeah, you got it. Well, you know, in, in a hundred years when we all are still alive due to technology, we can look back on this episode and see how white, right we are. <laughs>
<laughs> or how wrong. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, I hope you have a great rest of the day. And if you're listening, uh, appreciate you tuning in and see you all next week. All right, that is a wrap. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I wanted to make a final note and let you all know that Tandem is rapidly hiring. So if you liked what you heard on the podcast today and you're interested in you know, potentially learning more about Tandem, potentially working on the team, note that they're actively hiring right now. So if you just go to their website and go to their job board, um, they're, they'll be waiting for you. And if you, if you want an intro, uh, feel free to just email me at matt at mattsherman.com. And I, I can make an intro if you seem like, you know, a, a relevant or a good fit. Matt with one team, by the way. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you next time.